pas de clause Sur ce tempo tribal j'ai envie de poser des proses Tu connais le renard mec, tu connais la belette C'est moi qui fais cet oratoire, je suis le loup, c'est net Ed, how you doing? You ready for a festival of international football? I certainly am, yeah. It, it, it used to be the case that uh, international tournaments could be a, a little dull. Well, you know, the tournaments are okay, but the uh, the qualification was really dull. Uh, after United's last three seasons, I'm pretty. I'm looking forward to this one. I mean, I, I have to say, I'm a huge fan of international football tournaments. International football is bad, except in even numbered years in the summer when it's the best thing going. Um, I I think this tournament we were just talking before we started recording. It's a bit of a shame that the quality's kind of been diluted. Uh, we looked, we scanned through all the fixtures in the group stages, and I think it's fair to say that we can't find a single fixture that is like a mouth-watering, exciting prospect. No, that's right, and um, I mean that's a shame. It's it's the the fact that there's 24 teams rather than 16. Um, I, I suppose this was designed to give greater access to more countries in Europe, that's a nice way of putting it, or expand the TV pool um, and make sure the big teams qualified, which most of them did, except for Holland, of course. Uh, and, um, you know, so, and the consequence is you get some dilution. So I think the group stages will be a bit like the group stages of the Champions League. There's going to be some duds in there. Maybe, maybe we'll be surprised. Uh, but I, I suspect this tournament will really come to life uh, when it gets to the knockout round. Yeah, when the third place teams from most of the uh, groups will go through. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really going to you know that that's that's pretty significant. It could distort the competition quite a bit, couldn't it? I, I do remember back to the old days of the World Cup when there were twenty four teams. It creates some weird dynamics, um, especially in the final group games where people could or could not qualify. Um, from being third, so we'll we'll see how it plays out. It's, it's uh, pretty odd. Um, anyway, there's uh, there's some stuff happened on the United front since we last recorded a couple of weeks ago. Shall, shall we do five minutes on on Man United on, uh, on, on Jose and uh, and George Mendes <laughs> taking over at Manchester United? It's uh, it's been pretty exciting, I guess. Um, I got kind of into it when he started talking about uh, my house on the day of Soccer Aid. He Instagrammed a picture of him and Pele saying, welcoming a special visitor at my new house. And I was like, oh, this is quite exciting. Yeah, Mourinho, who has insisted on walking around with his Adidas t-shirt uh, constantly since he joined United, which is interesting. Um, and the other man who likes to be sponsored by anything going, Pele. Uh, yeah, although to be fair, I think most of those Adidas photos are all from the same paparazzi photo shoot uh, a few days before he got there. No, no, I un- understood. Um... But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. Mourinho's uh, signature for United, uh, rumored to have been held up by various contract and sponsor negotiation deal you know, signings off and stuff like that. Um, yeah, hilarious because it was basically to do with the fact that Man United and Jose Mourinho have got clashing sponsors in a load of areas. Good job he's Adidas and not Nike, otherwise it could have got really messy. Really could have. Yeah. Well, anyway, Jose's in. Um, I guess, you know, no surprise, really. Uh, well, no surprise at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, he's. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about him in the last pod. Um, we said, what's he going to be like? And uh, I think I said he's going to be the humble one. And, and so far, that's been true, right? He's um, He said all the right things about uh, how it's... Uh, it's a dream come true and it's a real honour to be at Manchester United and um, he's playing nice with uh, with Bobby Charlton. They had a good laugh in the car park, uh, at least, well, Jose had a good laugh. Um, Bobby Charlton looked rather serious as always. Um, so, 
you know, no one said anything nasty about him yet. Uh, Fergie's peeps are not briefing. Uh, I don't remember, recall seeing Fergie out in the media at all, praising Jose yet. Do you? Uh, I've not seen that, no. I quite liked his first little MUTV interview. That was uh, a nice a nice moment when he, you know, he said what he had to say. He, he said, like, we can, you can either look at the last three years or, but I prefer to look at the club in terms of its enormous history and success. And you kind of think, okay, well, he's sort of, and, and I prefer to forget the last three years, he says. Um, and then he says, of course, fans know I have to say that, but I really want them to know that I'm not just saying it. And there was a sort of fire there, which you think, oh, yeah, that's nice, isn't it? I mean, Van Gaal started with that fire and it was gradually put out by too many passes. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Mourinho's fire, what Mourinho's fire looks like in two years and whether he's kind of talking about the expectations being too big. It's a little hard to imagine that, though, given... It really is, yeah. Um, it's not It's not really where he goes, not defensive. He just loses the plot a little bit and goes a bit crazy. He was, he was a bit unhinged by the time he left Chelsea, wasn't he? Or at least it seemed so. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's certainly going to be an interesting few years. Uh, already talk of um, uh, United keen to ensure he stays beyond his three years... Uh, I'm not sure he's actually done that anywhere, has he, Jose? Um, uh, but maybe they, you know, of course they have to say that because they're they're long term, they're, they're they're building a future and a legacy, which is why they're trying to sli- sign Zlatan. Listen, they are trying to sign Eric Bailly as well, who is uh, one for the future, 22 year old, big unit, Ivorian <laughs> centre back, um, and and the Zlatan signing is. You know, it's obviously a short-termist signing, but that, that isn't a bad thing because there's plenty of long-term planning gone on in terms of United squad building. So it's uh, probably good to add a bit of stardust at the moment. I, I agree with the first part and disagree with the second part. So, so Zlatan's fine on a one-year contract. It, it doesn't do any damage to any of the younger forward players. Um, that's fine if they'd signed him on something longer than that. And that would be a bit concerning, I suppose, given his age um, for one year. Could be very good. We'll see. Long-term planning. Are we sure about that? I mean, they've bought um, a whole bunch of players in their mid-20s and a lot of them are not very good. And some of them may not be at the club next season. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, I was really talking about up front, really. Memphis, Martial, these are the the biggest signings that United made last summer were hardly, you could hardly accuse the club of short-termism. Schreinsteiger was like, papering over the cracks type signing, you know, to help with the transition it was supposed to. But, of course, that hasn't worked at all. No, the cracks just appeared in Schweinsteiger. Who will be at the Euros with Germany, although I'm not... He looks incredibly fit in all the photos. Like, he definitely looks like he's done some serious work on himself in the last month or two. A little bit annoying, to be honest. Yeah, given how lardy his arse was when he was with the United, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he's going. There's ten United players at the Euros, okay. um, including Morden Schneiderlin, who's a, a last-minute call-up because uh, Lassana Diara dropped out of the French squad. Um, and that says something about Morgan Schneiderlin's season that he was basically fourth choice. So Kabai might start. Kante isn't even first choice in the the defensive midfield um, role. So you know we'll we'll see. Um, and then a whole bunch of others uh, and a few ex Reds as well um, smattered around the groups. Yeah, tons. Plenty of Reds. Let's uh, let's start with Group A, shall we? 
Um, the hosts versus Romania yeah. on Friday. It's a terrible fixture to start the tournament with because Romania will just... They won't have any attacking intent. That group is going to have some stinkers of games because neither Albania nor Romania will be attacking. Albania uh, really should not be in this tournament. <laughs> they scored four goals in qualifying. Um, their plus their goal difference column uh, says they scored seven, but three of them were awarded to them for the... Right. You might remember the Serbian flag drone incident. Um which ended up with Albania being awarded a 3-0 win, without which they simply would not have got to this tournament. So No, lucked, lucked out. And and Albania is basically Switzerland B anyway. Yeah, about half the squad have played for Switzerland youth teams at some point and is a very international Albanian side, which they've drawn from around Europe. Um, a lot of Kosovan, uh, ex-Kosovan influence as well, you know, Kosovan heritage. Yeah, in both uh, Albania in and Switzerland. Yeah, also we've got the Shaka brothers uh, going, Taulat, the older brother, uh, who does not own the house key, uh, versus Granite, the new Arsenal player, who does own the house key, apparently. So if you're uh, not somebody that spends time on football Twitter, you might not be aware of the fact that the Arsenal, because they really need to be called the Arsenal in this story, absolutely lost the run of themselves about signing Granite Xhaka. They just quite simply would not shut up about it. And they posted one of these kind of inspirational um, pictures with with a kind of, you know, stylized picture of him under the heading of our new signing just gets it. And the story on the little quote on the picture says... um, I knew that I was leadership material when I was given the house key, even though I had an older brother. And like, if his older brother does not immediately two-foot him at the beginning of this football fixture, he is letting older brothers everywhere down. Oh, it'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It goes in hard on the young man just yeah. to teach him a lesson. Yeah, I can't believe that- you told the key story, Granite. I know. Uh, Romania, not a very good side, very defensive, uh, not a lot of star names in there. A good side, though, is France. Uh, I mean, could could they actually win it? They're, I mean, they're, they're a really high-quality side with very good players in every position except up front. Well, um, I, I, yeah, except as a centre-forward. I mean, you know, there's a, no Benzema because, uh, because uh, of sex tape gate. No, because uh, no, I was going to make an entirely inappropriate joke there, but I'm not going to. Because of the racist FA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think mean, Eric so, might be on the wrong side of history in this one. I'm terribly sad to report. No Lacazette, because they didn't pick him. Um, Gignac may play, or Giroud may play, and neither... Giroud, Giroud will start, definitely, um, and Gignac will be his like, number one replacement when things go. I mean, Giroud's just scored a loads of goals in preparation games. He has, yeah. And um, and, and then on the left-hand side, uh, maybe Payet or maybe Martial. Um, We'll see. I mean, Martial's had a very good start to his French career, not scored any goals, but um, created quite a few assists. Yeah, keeps keeps assisting like every time he plays. Yeah, so very, very dynamic. Um, And it depends on the balance. I mean, you know, they could play Payet in a slightly narrower role. Um, Matuidi you'd expect to play, and Pogba would definitely play. And then, then... you know, is it Kabai or is it Payet or another, you know, how exactly do they balance that that midfield out? But, you know, very high quality. But, I mean, I think you said every area and I kind of didn't, I didn't think you were going to say central centre forward because that is barely their problem. Because actually you can very easily win these Euros with Euro up front 
if he's playing the role of kind of support striker and you're not relying on him to get goals because you think they're going to come from Martial or Griezmann or, you know, Payet or, you know, other options they have. But the real problem is centre-half because they they've had terrible injuries in that spot to the extent that they were playing Elikin Mangala and nobody wants that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but, so, but Varane is fit, right? No, no not at not. all. No, 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 no. That's the thing. So they, they've even, they were playing uh, Koscielny and, oh, what's his name? I literally can't, eat, I can't draw to mind his name. The, he's a player that you would never expect to be back in the French picture. So Mangala's second choice, but it's going to be Koscielny and A and other. But uh, Varane is out um, and somebody else key is out as well. So they're, they're really kind of in trouble at the back. I mean, they've got Lloris, which will cover up some of those ills for sure. Um, and they've got Patrice Evra left back, which makes them a morally pure back four. <laughs> Brilliant that he's still going. After everything he's been through with France, um, you know, he, he won't make his 100 caps. This will be his last tournament, I presume. But uh, what, a, what a story he has had at uh, international level you know some uh, some great times but um yeah you go into his final tournament he'll, he'll start you know it's not like they've got I mean Kazawa is the other obvious choice at left back but not that he's had a great season or anything like that so I mean ever ever will play um and uh, good on him yeah of course their real strength sorry to bang on about this but they're they're might be the they're probably going to be the most interesting team at the Euros if not the best um but their real strength of course is in central midfield and Pogba is going to be the poster boy for this tournament um and it is going to be fascinating to see if he can if he can turn Find it on for Manchester United <laughs> oh yeah. no turn it on yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Group C, England's group, Group B. Sorry, B. B. Yeah, we just B for... we didn't even really mention Switzerland, except to say they've got lots of Albanian players. Uh, yes. Swi- Switzerland are going to be a decent team, probably finish second in the group. We should do predictions in Group A: France to win it, Switzerland second. Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, yeah. I think yeah, the, Swiss, the Swiss are a decent side, aren't they? Um, and yeah. the French look very good. Um, yeah. You know, assuming pressure doesn't get to them at home, I don't think so. I mean, you know. They, no, I, I think you're right. Pogba is, you know, everything's set up for him to be the, the star man and then get his uh, hundred million pound move to United. Yes, Straight bring Real Madrid. And something grand plaisir si Paul Pogba revient Manchester. Uh, right. Um, group B, England are in a group with Russia, Slovakia and Wales. Uh, Russia, Slovakia and Gareth Bale. Yeah, Wales who, I mean, look, they'll, they'll keep it tight and sit back. Um, and uh, this is this is I tell you, it's going to be good analysis this show. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, they, it's true. This is exactly what they're doing. I mean, you know, yeah. comments being very clear that that's their game plan. It's counter attack, uh, and they've you know Robson Carney up front and and Bale just behind, and um, uh, you know Ledley and Ramsey in midfield. They've got plenty of quality to break. You know, so they're set up well for for that kind of um, that, that kind of. Um, you know, strategy. We'll see. I mean, they, it was it was a faltering campaign, wasn't it? You know, they'd done very well and then had a couple of poor results right near the end. Got turned over by Bosnia, um, and just made it with with the, that victory on the the last day. So, well, no, they lost, didn't they? It was the results elsewhere that made, got them through because they were. I remember some. I think they lost one nil to Bosnia, I think. Well, they lost two 0 to yeah. Bosnia and then beat Andorra. Wasn't it? Oh yeah. right, right. No, I'm sure they. Sure, the last game was a loss because they said. I remember one someone being interviewed saying that's the best loss we've ever had. But anyway, um, they've also not done well in the friendly since they qualified. So they're they're actually 
on a pretty dire run. They're going to need things to come together. England, on the other hand, won all all of their group games. Have uh, been okay in the warm ups, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. They're very good against Germany a couple of very months. Very good ago, comeback they, win but... against Germany. Just about beat Australia. I mean, you know, so uh, I think Hodgson's problem is that he's he's not exactly settled on his 11, has he? He's not exactly settled on his formation. Is it a 4-2-3-1 or is it 4-3-3 or is it a diamond? You know, he seems to flick between all of them. Um, he's got a couple of key players who have barely played any minutes. So Wilshire, who he seems desperate to play, and Henderson, who's a you know favourite son, have barely played at all. Recently, Wilshire had, what, 70 minutes all season? Um, it's quite funny when he, he said his reason for dropping Theo Walcott. Um, not he's been really bad for a couple of years, but he hasn't played enough minutes. Played about 10 times as many minutes. Um, and um, and then what's the balance of the side? How do you get, how do you cram Vardy, Rooney and Kane into that side without limiting your balance in midfield? I mean, surely you can't drop Deli Alley, but he might have to if he plays Rudy. So, you know, we'll see. He's got some choices to make there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... He needs to. Be, he's going to have to be brave, basically, and he's been reasonably brave with his selection. I think. Uh, lovely to see young Rash on that plane. Um, the kid's going to go. Uh, whether he plays any minutes will depend. I think basically, if England do well, he's going to maybe get a few five-minute cameos at the end of games. Uh, if England do badly, I wonder if actually Rashford will be turned to to try and turn a few games uh, here and there because he's definitely got that in him. The Kane and Vardy thing, you know, if he plays one up front, he should just play Kane. And if he plays two up front, he should play them both. And he should, he's going to have to... It'll be interesting to see at what point he decides to bench Rooney, um, if at all. Uh, because it, it's, a lot of it's going to depend on form, as it always does for Rooney. Because, you know, he could have a good tournament. It's not inconceivable. He had a few good games. And there might be some teams that sit off him a bit more than they should. And he can do a bit of damage. Um but lots of questions. I don't think it's bad that Hodgson doesn't know his formation. Because isn't it more like a case that he wants to be able to use more than one formation? So he's trying to get the players to be familiar with more than one formation. Uh, yeah, depending on match situation. Um, I don't know. We've got some uh, pretty good experience with uh, Louis van Hal of um, the lack of obvious benefit of changing your tactics from game to game. Yeah, but... I mean, does that mean it's always a bad idea to have two formations in the tank? No, for no, no. I just, international I just think tournament? at this point, after two years of qualification, you might be a bit closer to knowing exactly what you're going to play. I don't think, I don't think Hodgson's got a clue. So I don't think it's that he's he's got a three formations and he's happy with all of them. Um, but we'll see. Look, you know, that's that's uh, England have actually had a very good couple of years, haven't they? You know, they qualified from a not brilliant group, mm. but very comfortably. Um, they've done okay in the friendlies mm-hmm. they've had during that time, and they've got a, a young, potentially very exciting side. Got some problems with injury, got some problems with um, you know the solidity of their formation, but that can be said about a lot of teams in this tournament. So um, you know they, they they should do all right. They should qualify from this group. They should top this group. They should top. They should they top really, this group. They really I mean, should. You know, coming on to the others, Russia are not a great side at the moment. Um, they. Yeah, they've just been. They've just had a swathe of key injuries, haven't they? Whole bunch of injuries. Um, yeah, some familiar faces won't be there. Um, they changed their coach, didn't they? Uh, you know, so a whole bunch of stuff is is saying this is not a great Russian side. It's not as if it's obvious that they're building for Russia twenty eighteen either. It's not a young squad, um, so I, I don't expect much from them. 
uh, honestly. And I can't say I expect much from Slovakia either. What are your thoughts on Slovakia? Well, they just turned Germany over 3-1. Lots of German football analysts sort of saying that's something of a false result because Germany were kind of a mess um, in that game. Counter-attacking team for sure, uh, which, you know, that might that might not suit England. England, I think, will probably do quite well if they see themselves as underdogs. In if they can get to through the groups and, and get to some games where they see themselves as underdogs, that might be quite good. Although, you know, this is... This is kind of similar level to the group that they they qualified through. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't have. Uh, Marek Hamšík is of course the key man for Slovakia, right? That's he's he is an absolute cut above the rest of their squad, and and had a very good season as well. Yeah, so um, clearly, clearly the star man. Uh, and well, you know, I think you're right. I think England will qualify top. Um, I'm not sure who will come second. Uh, I, I don't think it's obvious that it's Wales just because they've got Gareth Bale in there. They've got some decent players, but but it's not a top side by any means. They're greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, they certainly were in qualifying, but it's been at least a year since Wales looked any good. So they're really going to have to have a pretty dramatic turnaround from the the recent past. Uh, Group C, some some interesting stuff here. I mean, Germany who are not as good as they were two years ago they've certainly got some problems at fullback haven't they um uh they're missing royce big miss you know obviously huge quality player not fit enough bastian schweinsteiger just coming back into it not fit enough and uh, gundogan um injured um i don't know who they'll bring in there where they bring kadira back into midfield um so a lot of question marks over this germany side uh definitely not as good as they were two years ago um, and much from muchness, muchness with the rest. Poland, Lewandowski fell out with, with Bezakowski, didn't he? And had big, big public falling out um, with a for, former captain, left the squad in a bit of a mess. Uh, Northern Ireland, bunch of championship level players at best. Uh, yeah, um, I think Germany, the, I, listen, right, listen. You can't write off the Germans. I'm not even joking. I'm really not joking. The 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 fact that they've got to the semi-finals of all the tournaments that they got to the semi-finals of in the kind of run-up to peaking in 2014, when they really were not at their best, it, the extent to which that is a, a historic tournament team just can't be ignored. Like some of the cliches of international football are cliches for a reason, and Germany's prowess in tournaments is one of them. I'll be extremely surprised if they don't make it to the semi-finals. Um, that's so yeah they're not an absolute vintage german side but 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 the proof of the pudding of german football teams is always in the the execution in tournaments like in 2010 in the world cup in 2010 nobody expected anything of them did they um uh not 2010 sorry the 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 world cup that was in germany um was that 2006 yeah, the 2006 World Cup when they were really up against it and uh, and really pulled off something quite special at home. Um, and they've got some fantastic players still. And Mesa Ozil and, and Gomez is in really good form. So Yeah, and that's a bonus for them because, yeah. I mean, you know, how old is he now? Like 97 or something? Um, was but, it 2008 but, that he was like hilariously bad? Is that when it was? was yeah, that, I can't. Yeah, I can't. Maybe. Yeah, can't remember exactly. Um, but no, his definite bonus with Royce out, they might move Goethe left potentially. Um, Molly will obviously play off the right. You know, super high quality player. 
you know, Ozil's the 10 and, and it's just the balance of the midfield. Um, uh, you know, does, does Kadira come back in? We'll, we'll see. If Schweinsteiger is, is physically fit, then he can just definitely still kind of anchor a midfield, can't he? Uh, he can, yeah, of course. You know, uh, he has, he's not played since January. Um, well, you know, obviously sometime in the, the recent friendlies, but... He's not played since that Watford game. <laughs> that was like the last game when he was any good, wasn't it? Yeah, so uh, Group D... Uh, there could there could be some tasty games in this one. Uh, why do you hate the Ukraine, Ed? Why do you hate Ukraine? What's the? Why do you just? Uh, it's it's my it's my deep Russian heritage. <laughs> um, Ukraine counter attacking team, good speedy wingers. There you go. That's there's your there's your brief overview, uh, bluffers guide to Ukraine. Good stuff. Shira esque. Oh no, I mean it's true though. They'll that's that's where they're a, a threat. Kind of Plyanka is a a kind of excellent, exciting prospect. Um, and so, yeah, they they could cause loads and loads of problems on a counter-attack, I reckon. Um, I reckon they'll definitely be one of the third-place qualifiers, and I think it's going to go Germany, Poland, Ukraine, Northern Ireland, that group. Not exactly going out on a limb, but, you know. Because you, you talked about the, the problems in the Poland squad, but they are an extremely good team. Yeah, and Lewandowski is, you know, obviously the one of the highest quality forwards in the tournament. And and they've got plenty of quality through the squad. Yeah, exactly. And and they play as a team, um which we'll see how that all is affected, but they they really do. So we'll see, we'll see. But I, I they I reckon they've got a decent shout as a dark horse for this tournament. Group Group D is an interesting one. I mean, you know, I we haven't talked about a group of death. Um, I'm not quite sure this is a group of death, but there's definitely some good sides in here, you know. Or, or given that Spain aren't quite at the peak they once were, there's some opportunities for other teams. I mean, Turkey didn't have a great qualification tournament, but they're a decent side. Croatia, I mean, talk about high quality in midfield and forwards. You know, they've got one of the best midfields in the tournament. Um, uh, that could that could swing their way. Um, Spain, as I said, not as good as they once were in the Czech Republic, an old side with very few stars. The Croatia team's fascinating because all the coverage I've read is, yep, you might scan through this Croatia team and think, oh, they've got some good players, but they just have not been able to put it together as a team. The coach is a massive problem. Well, the, the, the coach is not a celebrity coach and uh, he spent 30 years in the wilderness and then, uh, and but he's turned them around, right? You know, they had a, a really bad start to their qualification uh, tournament, sacked the, the old coach uh, and brought this new guy in who's helped them turn it around and get qualified. Right, well, we'll, we'll see. Then um, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of optimism among Croatian fans, I have to say. Um, I'm sure there will be loads of optimism among Spain fans, um, even if it's slightly tempered. Fascinating in a way, because Del Bosca's really... Like he's really kind of ushered through another generation of Spain players here. This is a there's going to be a lot of players in this tournament that haven't been part of 2008, 10, 12, um, and and they are going for back to like the three peat of Euros, and they're going to be desperate to put 2014, the memory of 2014, away. Uh, is he going to start De Gea? Uh, well, that's the thing. You know, reports coming out that he's undecided. My God, imagine. Imagine. I mean, Cassius, who's imagine, been, who was abysmal imagine. for about three years for Real Madrid and for Spain, who's been abysmal for Porto as well. I mean, what, what does the matter? I mean, imagine, what dirt imagine. has he got to still be in the side? 
Can you think of an easier decision facing any manager of any team in this tournament than, oh, should I pick Ike Casillas or David De Gea in goal? Like, you've got David De Gea as an option and you choose not to use him. You don't deserve anything. It's what Lou van Gaal did and look what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So, I mean, take, take the first 11 of Spain and it looks pretty good doesn't it? You know, they, they've just had a few problems. Um, obviously, uh, no one matter. Sad, you know, tears there. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a problem. No, th- I mean, you know, he, he hasn't deserved to go, honestly, has he? Um, but who do they play up front? That's a big question. Is it Moretta or is it Alasair? Um, you know, the Valencia player uh, who, who could start he's young and sort of not proven at international level but probably the better of the two players um Iniesta will play I guess his last tournament do they bring Thiago in does Sesc play even though so indisciplined in terms of his structure um who exactly do they play at the back I mean that's probably more solid uh, you know Alba Piquet Ramos Juanfran I guess I'm guessing um so you know good 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 one to eleven, isn't it? Beyond that, it's a little, you know, there's, there's some there's some questions over a number of players there. He's brought some new players in, as you said. Um, not all of them are featured a lot. They do have some problems in the forward area, you know. But I guess we said that last time out, right? I mean, not so much last time out, but the time when they actually won the World Cup and then they won the Euros again, when we kind of wondered what they would do to replace Torres and Villa. And they were just all right. And they just won anyway. Uh, Nolito, um, the boys at the Squawker Talker podcast, um, uh, they were bigging up Nolito's chances to be one of the kind of surprise stars of the tournament. Could do, if he plays. Mm, yeah. Uh, Turkey. I have, to, I have to say, they are probably the team I'm least familiar with in this competition. No, that's a complete lie, because we've still got Hungary to talk about. Um, but yeah, tell, tell me about Turkey, Ed. What can you tell me about Turkey? Uh, they're the team of Arda Turan. Oh, he's good, isn't he? He is good. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, I don't know. I mean, they've got a lot of players who play in the Turkish League. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of players play in the Turkish League. Um, which is odd, you know, because the quality of Turkish football has been increasing year over year. I guess, I guess they actually do pay quite well, right? Um, and maybe that's why there's players staying at home rather than uh, going around Europe. Um, and that's probably why we don't know the team so well. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not football hipster enough to watch Turkish Super League. Uh, they, uh, they've they got that free kick lad from the Bundesliga, haven't they? Do you know the one I mean? He's got a very Turkish name. That's how you know it's him. Kalahanoglu from Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, I apologise for not learning to pronounce his name, but that's the one I mean. So they'll be dangerous from set pieces and no mistake. Uh, very good, yeah. Uh, apologies to any Turkish listeners. I mean, no sincere apologies to any Turkish listeners. Please, please don't take offence. Yeah, the um the the president of Turkey takes a lot of offence at anything that's said. So, so would you like to say anything about the president of Turkey? No, absolutely not. I have no opinion. Just, of, just checking, except that you know, no, I, I'm I'm very pro England staying in the European Union. That's all I'm saying. Group E. Republic of Ireland, Sweden, Belgium, Italy. Right, 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 right. Belgium are not that good. They're not that good. They're fine. Belgium are fine. Everyone's going, oh, Belgium. Belgium are good, which translates as 
Like Belgium have a lot of Premier League players. Belgium have a lot of good players, but does it feel like the balance is there? You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure. So they, they also have a, a problem in that they play four central defenders across the back four. This is the thing. Like Belgium, I, I feel like if I was Belgium, I'd be so mad that Mark Wilmots was the manager. Because if that team had a kind of adventurous, attack-minded manager, they could be really exciting. But he, I mean, in the last World Cup, he absolutely hamstrung that side. And uh, there's not really that many signs that he's not going to do exactly the same again. I mean, probably will do uh, exactly that in terms of exa- uh, of how they'll play, right? So they're not that adventurous from the back. Uh, but they've got plenty of quality, right? So Azard, who's maybe he's coming back into some form. Carrasco had a great season. De Bruyne, fantastic player. Not not clear whether he'll play Bentecas or, or uh, Lukaku up front. Lukaku can't score a goal for Belgium at the moment. Um, but had a great season for Everton. It's unclear who he'll play as a holding player. So he's brought Nangogan into the side recently. Uh, Witzel's a definite starter. Fellaini's probably out. Um, so, you know, they've got plenty of quality going forward. It's just they, they just, they're they a bit in themselves, aren't they? A bit introspective as a side when they shouldn't be. Yeah, they're not that strong in the centre of midfield either. I mean, they could be playing, they could end up playing Witzel and Fellaini in the centre of midfield, which, you know... Nobody wants that. Uh, what do you think of Fellaini's new haircut or hair dye? Listen, job? I like it. Fell, fell in a bucket of bleach. Uh, everyone's going, oh, get out of my club, you idiot, for having bright coloured hair. That's not why he's got to get out of our club. Um, I think it's fine. I think it's quite nice. It looks like Valderrama. I, yeah, I said this on Twitter. Yeah, I did. Yeah, or a llama. Yeah, he looks like a Valderrama llama. Got no problem with that. Um, Italy, uh, Italy, right? Bad, bad, bad team. This is what I know about Italy. They don't. I looked at their squad picture, and I was like, "Oh, look, there's Matteo Damian." Uh, don't really know who anyone else is. Oh, uh, Buffon. Yeah, no, Buffon. I know who he is. I, I just the my facial recognition on the Italy squad was very poor. I have to say. Well, look. They're pretty strong at the back. Bonucci, Cellini, Barzagli, you know, they're pretty strong. Buffon, who's like, what, 97 now. They're, still good, though. Yeah, still good. They're strong at the back. They might play a, a, like a 3-5-2. I suspect they will. Um, with Darmi and the adventurous wing-back on the right-hand side. <laughs> Verratti's high quality in the centre of midfield. But, you know, everywhere else, they've got some problems, right? There's no depth of quality in this squad. They might play Graziano Pelle up front which will tell you all about the quality up front at the moment, you know, desperately short of someone good. Um, El Shari may play as well. You know, he's, he's got some quality, hot and cold. Um, but yeah, they, they've, this is not a great Italy side and Conte's disappearing after the after the tournament. Yeah, I mean, that might make them want to play for him, etc. But um, it will be a massive surprise at this point if Italy do really well in this tournament. Um, that, that anyone backing Italy is doing so either on the strength of that defence or just on the reputation of them as one of the, the big teams in Europe. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, the balance of the forwards that's the problem, right? So so Pelé, Immobile, Insigne, Zaza, who who do they play of those, you know? And because none of them's an obvious choice. Um, none of them has had a great season, yeah, uh, where are the goals coming from? A key question. Uh, we know where the goals are coming from with Sweden. It's fair to say the goals and all the good things that happen at Sweden are coming from one Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, 
Bale plus 11 might be Wales. Um, I'm sure that's actually harsh. And uh, Ibrahimovic plus 11 for Sweden. He is very clearly the difference maker for that team. Scored a lot of goals in qualifying. Scored goals in the playoffs. Um, he's going to be absolutely crucial to their uh, progression or otherwise. I mean, they've got a chance because of the fact that the third place qualifies. Because of the fact that... Um, Republic of Ireland are in this group. Um, I mean, the third place doesn't automatically qualify, but there's a good chance it will. Yeah, but just such a lack of quality elsewhere. You know, Arsenal's Kim Kallstrom is probably going to be holding the midfield. So Wow, what, for real? He's still around. Gosh. Um, yeah, so that's kind of remarkable, really. He's not Arsenal's Kim Kallstrom anymore. He was for about five minutes and never played. Yeah, I thought that was the joke. I, I, it was, it yeah, was. Yeah. I, I, I thought you didn't get it for a second. No, then. no, no, I got that. I just didn't realise he still played for Sweden. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lack of quality elsewhere. But I do feel like this is the kind of tournament where one really good player and a decent organisation could actually get you somewhere, which we'll come to when we get to Group F. Because uh, there'll be one team in particular hoping that's the case. What do you know about this Republic of Ireland side? Um, I mean, you know, plenty of the players from the from the uh, the Premier League. Uh, they had a, a an up and down qualification tournament, didn't they? You know, but um, but made it in the end. And th- this this is a team that outperformed what they should have done given the quality of players that they've got. Um, so not bad. Yeah. Was that shitty analysis? It was. You know, I'm going to give you average marks there, Ed. That was average. <coughs> Hold there. I, I shall turn to my hipster's choice of world soccer uh, and, and tell you what world soccer says about them. Um, blah, blah, blah. Not much. John O'Shea's going to play at the back. I mean, they, they, they did. They got an enormous amount of joy out of bringing Shane Long as, on as a substitute in qualifying. And that might be the plan again. Uh, did you see the Roy Keane quotes about Aidan McGeady? This is just absolutely vintage Roy King. Was this a real quote or a fake Roy King no, quote? Because it's quite this, hard to tell the difference these days. This was absolutely a real Roy King quote. Um, in a press conference after their last uh, friendly at Croke Park. Um, no, not at Croke Park. It was in Cork. They they played a friendly. I don't even know what the result was, I'm sorry to say. But, but Roy King said about Aidan McGeady... He needs to try a bit harder, basically, which is, you know, the story of his whole career. He's going to the Euros. It's one of his players at the Euros. Just absolutely chucking him under the bus. I know. I know. I, I'm not sure McGeady will play, though, will he? Because they'll probably play with Brady on the left um, and and Walters on the right, supporting Long. Or long starts or Robbie Keane's not going. Is he fit, Robbie, Robbie Keane? Robbie Keane's going, but is not very likely to play. I mean, he's fit. He's just not first choice and hasn't been for a long time. He's going as a kind of talismanic, older David Beckham style figure. Uh, right. And then they've got a mix of a bunch of players, you know, McCarthy and Houlihan and Whelan and McLean. Um, three of those will play through the midfield, we'd expect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of debate about about who he was going to take. He picked a massive preliminary squad and only cut it at the very last minute. Um, and but you know the, the, they they've done extremely well to qualify and they've definitely got a chance. It is for that that group is all about that first set of fixtures. Well, that first game in the group, which is on uh, Monday the thirteenth, Ireland against Sweden. Yeah. So if they lose that, they're done, right? Is the assumption? Yeah, basically. I mean, we don't know that, of course, because it's not inconceivable by any means that Ireland could beat 
Italy, for example. Um, but that's the big chance for both of those teams, um, especially if they can get a win by a couple of goals. Um, so that the when it comes to deciding best best third place finisher, well, that would be a big game. Um, Stade de France. Yeah, full house of, uh, of Irish lads supporting them. So you know, hey, they've done it before in these big tournaments. They don't want to be going along just for the sing song, though. That would be uh, that would only upset Roy. It, it certainly would. Uh, so predictions. I mean, uh, this is a really hard one to say, right? Because this is a bad Italy side and a good Belgian side that's uh, that's not performing as well as it could do. I think Belgium are easily going to top this group, though. I really do. I've, I think they might. I. Yeah, I'm going to say Belgium are going to win every game in this group stage. Um, I just don't think they've got the the chops at the latter stages of the tournament, but I think they're going to they're going to walk the group. That's the technical term. So, Austria, Hungary, Portugal, and Iceland in Group F. The group of uh, what's the opposite of group of death? The the group of Cristiano Ronaldo being picked in a lot of people's uh, choice for leading scorer of the tournament. I guess. Yeah, but you know you got an Austrian side who. Um, uh, not not a great side, but has has put together a team, right? Yeah, Bill, Bill yeah. Rain, David Alaba, who who's going to play in holding role. He's brilliant in holding role as well. You know, really, really high. Uh, he's a brilliant goalkeeper. Let's face it, that man. It's just brilliant everywhere. I mean, you yeah. know, he was a great fullback and then miraculously been turned into a midfielder. Uh, great in that role. Um, uh, you know, he might snuff out Cristiano. Is Cristiano properly fit? He certainly wasn't fit in the Champions League final. Uh, Iceland, uh, fascinating team, Iceland, because they do play good football. They had a great qualification tournament. No one expected them to get there. They did their first ever major tournament. Um, you know, it's going to be great watching them, isn't it? Can't, can't say I know loads about um, all of their players. Uh, you know, uh, Good Johnson is still playing. Ida Good Johnson probably come off the bench. Gilfie Sigurdsson uh, will be their main kind of attacking pivot. Um, in that team, uh, and they've got a chance in this group. Uh, yeah, one of the key reasons they've got a chance, of course, is because Hungary are not going to be very good. Their first major tournament since 1986, same as Northern Ireland, I believe. Um, uh, one to watch uh, a young player called Adam Nodge. Uh, mainly, I just wanted to say that, I, in fact, now I'm saying it, I'm slightly doubting that his name's Adam, but his name is written N-A-G-Y, and you'll hear his name pronounced a lot of different ways. But I have it on good authority that it's like Nudge. That's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Naggy. Yeah, it's not Naggy, but uh, he's good, apparently. Have that on the authority of friend of the Rankast, Tom Mortimer. So thanks, Tom. Maybe we should have got some uh, friends of the Rankast who are randomly expert in weird European sides to, uh, to tell us a bit about this. Tom's covering Hungary for ESPN in the summer, so that he definitely counts uh, under that on on that uh, score. If you want to be the Rankcast official correspondent for any of these teams, just send us in some audio. Um, we're going to do a few of these shows. I don't. We haven't even talked about how many we're going to do, um, but we'll probably do a couple in the group stages. And... More than one, less than six. Yeah, that's it. That sounds about right. Um, uh, we've had a couple of listener questions. Didn't really put a big shout out, so haven't had tons. But my favourite one comes from at tweets of Abdullah that says, "Who is going to be the Carol Paborski of this tournament? Is someone going to score one good goal and get signed by Mourinho?" Marcus Rashford. Oh no! Wait a minute. <laughs> we don't need to. We've already got him. Um, Paul Pogba is going to be the Carol Paborski of this tournament. Carol Paborski is still the record cap holder equaling with Peter Cech for the Czech Republic. It's pretty amazing. 
111 caps. He was a good player. Something like, like that. Like he was a perfectly good player. It's just that Fergie literally signed him because of that one goal. Which is like the most Alex Ferguson thing ever. Yes, indeed. He could get away he could get away with it though, because of all the rest of the stuff. So we are saying France, Switzerland, England, someone, Germany, Poland, Spain, Turkey ish, Croatia, maybe, maybe all three of those. Definitely all Belgium, three. Belgium, Italy and who in Group F? This is such a hard one to call. Portugal plus. Uh, yeah. This isn't even a very good Portugal side. It's, it hasn't been a very good Portugal side for a long time. But, uh, you know, this is the this is where... This is a tournament and a group where Ronaldo plus 10 could actually do some serious damage if Ronaldo's in form. And the fact that Ronaldo plays for the middle, through the middle now, sort of gets rid of Portugal, one of Portugal's big historic problems of no centre-forwards ever, because now they've got, you know, the best goal scorer in the tournament, really. Um, and, and I do think that there's enough around him, especially Jamatinho's back, there's enough around him to do something. Obviously, it'd be a huge surprise if they... Won the tournament, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get to the semi-finals at all. Will Andre Gomez play and will he sign for United? Uh, yeah, I don't know the answer to either of those questions, actually. Uh, do you want him to sign for United? You know what? You asked me this question before and I, I must have seen him play on several occasions. And I just <laughs> cannot remember him. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that about Eric Bailly as well. Um who it really does look like we have signed. That one seems to be very advanced at this point. Big big unit. Uh, yeah, but good, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so everyone like, says, yeah. Kind of aggressive, tough tackling type, which would be nice. Now, uh, c- question. Uh, assuming Pepe will start, will he be the most hated player at the tournament? <laughs> Surely. I mean, we haven't talked since the Champions League final, but what a performance. Just like, there's nothing noteworthy about it, though, is there? It's just like, oh, Pepe played in a big game and was an absolute disgrace to the human, to, to humanity. I, uh, really random, but I watched that game with a bunch of college students uh, in Palo Alto in California. Heart Silicon Valley. Did they all complain about the flopping? Yeah, there was, uh, there was some interesting... <laughs> I mean, you know, I, Silicon Valley is, is um, what can I say? It's a kind of melting pot of, of the world uh, because of just and so Stanford University. So uh, it, it wasn't a bunch of Americans going good kick <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, they, they, it was a knowledgeable enough crowd. But uh, yeah, interesting crowd anyway. Hello to our many American listeners. Ed doesn't mean any offence by that. <laughs> <laughs> I spent half my life in the States. I'm yeah. allowed to make fun of you. All right. Um, so, who's going to win the tournament? I'm, I'm going to say France. I'm going to say the hosts are going to win the tournament. I would absolutely love it. I would love it if we could win, but I don't know if it's... I don't know how possible it is. Oh, we, did we, say- we. Uh, so you did, you did. So this oh, is yeah. your allegiance now, is it, Frog Boy? Listen, um, I am, as ever, equally non-committed to both of my national teams. Wow. Well, wow. your name should be Paul on the fence. Listen, right, Patrice Evra plays for France. I'm half French. It all makes sense. I want to support Anthony Martial in his international endeavours. Uh, but equally, I'll be very happy for Young Rash. And uh, sort of Bastien Schweinsteiger. So when uh, England play France in, 
Uh, I'm trying to work out when it could be. When, when could that be? If they both... So let, let's work. Uh, group A versus Group B. So it's not going to be the round of 16, but it could be the... Um, it could be the quarterfinals. Could right? be the quarterfinals, yeah. yeah okay. Could be the quarterfinals, yeah. So if they both so, win their group, it is fairly likely it will be the quarterfinals. Yeah, so, well. so in England versus France in the quarterfinals... Uh, young Rashford comes on, 20 oh. minutes to play, on the right-hand side. Absolutely roast Pastries Evra. How are you going to feel? Uh, mixed, you know, happy and sad. Uh, it's, it's easy to, to describe. I mean, I'll be delighted for Young Rash, but I'd be uh, I'd be sad for France if uh, if they go out of the quarterfinals. Um, but I'll be sad for England too. So, you know, basically what I'm saying is it's a no-win situation or a win-win situation because one of the two teams will get to the semi-final. Um yeah, I'm going to go for France as my winners. Who's going to be top scorer in this tournament then? Zlat. <laughs> no, he, re- he really won't be. I'll tell you what, Harry Kane could be. And uh, this is, you know, it's j- j- the nature of England's group. Um, yeah. England being a bit more expressive these days. Uh, they could pick up um, the someone from Group D in the uh, last 16. You know, could, could score a bunch of goals. Yeah, I think that Ronaldo's going to be the top scorer because I think he's going to get a hat trick in one of the games in the in the uh, group stage. That's my guess, but you know, a load of really obvious. My one slightly non-obvious choice would be Mario Gomez. Um, it's kind of obvious because he's going to play up front for one of the better teams, but um, he's he's maybe not going to be someone loads of people pick. But I, th- I think there's a, a chance. Thomas Muller is, of course, favourite for the Golden Boot because he just collects them because he does. Yeah. Um, and final question: uh, Did Benzema do it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So obviously. so dodgy, so dodgy. That whole thing is such a mess. Like the. F- I do think it's because, you know, race relations in anywhere in the world, and particularly in France, are such a a heightened issue and they need to be treated really properly. And you just, you hate to see these situations where it kind of feels like it's being, I mean, not so much like the, the fact that ben, Benzema came out and said that he thinks there's something to it. I mean... Part of me thinks, well, okay, we've got to respect that. If that's what he, if he truly believes that, then that's something that needs to be looked at. And it's not like we don't know that there's problem with race in the kind of upper echelons of French football. We we heard those tapes that were recorded a few years ago with the Laurent Blanc stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if this is being used because Eric Cantona just doesn't like Didier Deschamps, I have to say the one. Absolutely kind of like, oh, this is all a bit awkward, but I can't help giving a standing ovation, was when Cantona was informed that Deschamps was planning to press charges and said, well, it'll be the first time he turns defence into attack. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Yes, uh, very good. So uh, we have a competition, uh, by the way, uh, which I forgot to tell you about before the... Uh, this is very exciting. What are we giving away? We're giving away um, some vouchers for artoffootball.com. Very nice T-shirts. Oh, wicked. So um, we need a question. Right. And, and I think it should be Euro, yeah. Euro related. So Definitely. 1996. Okay. You remember this, right? I, I certainly do. Euro's in England. Yeah. Euro's in England. So tweet us, why didn't Gaza score? This is the one where the ball comes across the area and he dives in to get it and misses it and broke England's hearts. And it's not because he was a rabid cocaine addict and couldn't get there in time. It's not that. It's something else. You uh, just tweet just... us at United Rant or at 
UTD Rankcast, uh, hashtag Rankcast, and tell us why he missed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you just made that last part up. Like, Gaz has had a lot of problems in his life, but I'm not sure that's necessarily ever been one of them. No, no, no. Um, answer we like most uh, wins. Why did Gaza miss? Why did Gaza miss? Okay. Tell us something right. funny. Okay. All right. Good luck, everyone. You can win vouchers. What? How much vouchers can they win? I can't remember. Enough to buy yourself a T-shirt. <laughs> All right, good. And then nice T-shirts as well. They are very do nice I, T-shirts, yeah. Do I get an Art of Football T-shirt for this, Ed? Is that part of the deal? Uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe. Honestly, yeah. there's, not been, there's not been enough hard-nosed negotiations behind the scene for my liking here. I like Art of Football a lot, though. I follow them on Twitter. Good. Well, you know, keep keep praising them and uh, they may send you some freebies. <laughs> Excellent. I wonder if they'll be happy that you uh, referred to the uh, potential drug problems of a national treasure while coming up with this question. Look, that is no way to talk about Jack Wilshire. Sorry. Right. Uh, so long as me and Ed don't fall out over this, we'll be back with another one of these uh, in a week or so, I guess. Um, enjoy the tournaments. Here's hoping it goes ahead because uh, there's enough petrol in France to get the teams from place to place. Yeah, so who's on strike this week? You know, it's France. It, has the French national team gone on strike yet? <laughs> Not yet. It's only a matter of time. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hopefully going to be... I mean, I was kind of saying... I was about to say it's going to be an exciting tournament. I, I'm, I'll be surprised if the knockout stages, are, uh, the group stages are any serious quality whatsoever that's that's maybe a bit of a slog to get through but i think it is it's all set to be a tournament that comes to life in the in the latter stages very good well we'll see you about this time next week all right have fun oh, yeah. de chambrettes, les bretons qui se la pètent, les déchireurs de galettes, les bouffeurs de crêpes, après avoir bravé bien des galères et des tempêtes, regarde bien la tête des jeunes guerriers celtes, il y a le loup, le renard, bien sûr il y a la belette, autocritique parfaite mais ça reste correct, pas d'idée abjecte, c'est pour faire la fête, voilà comment Mano avance à se prendre la tête, le loup, le renard et la belette.